Welcome to another episode of Scary Stories with Kalila. I'm Kalila Smith. Tonight we have three guests, all of whom have shared a very scary, if not more than one, experience. I want to introduce our guests tonight. We have a return of Tanya Vandersteeg, and we have Kevin over here, and we have Stephen. Welcome, Hello. welcome, guys. Hi. Hey, you guys again. Excited Steven, to be here. Kalila. We haven't seen you in a long time. So welcome to the show. Um, these guys are all living. Y'all are all in Memphis still, right? Everybody's in Memphis. Correct. Right. Right. They're these still guys, here. I have done many, many investigations with these guys, although the stories they're going to tell tonight are about places that I was not present when they went there. But um, y'all have got some pretty scary stuff, I hope. So, um, yeah. For sure. Y'all just jump in there. Where, where, what is the scariest place that y'all have ever investigated? What, do y'all all agree on the same place or what? Oh, wow. Do we? I don't, I'm not sure on that. I mean, we had so many that were a little freaky and. Unusual. You know, I will, I, I will tell you somebody the other day, cause you know, as, as paranormal investigators, we get that question all the time. Do we not? Like when you tell somebody who didn't know and they're like, oh, what's the scariest place you've ever been to? And I'm like, well, things don't scare me. And I don't go hunting demons. So that's a, that's a hard thing. But I will tell you that, you know, something that we've all, all, all of us have experienced as the um, house down. And uh, unless Stephen gives us permission, I'm not sure if we're allowed to say it. I'm sure we are. But a, a, a big Victorian mansion that we investigated in Memphis. And we had, um, we had a K2 meter pulled out of a Navy SEAL's hand. And, and slam on the floor. And I had forgotten about that until wow. this past weekend. And I was like, oh my gosh, was that scary to me? No, but that was incredibly scary to that person's experience to like, what he didn't come back for how, how many months? <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was quite a while. And, uh, you know, he wanted to come, as you remember, he was all excited. And it, he brought it, you know, his, he his daughter. Yeah. Yeah. Booty yeah. seal, big guy. I mean, he's seen, you know, real action in, in the field. And just to see him shake like that after <laughs> it was over, you know. It, it was completely yeah. white. He just, yeah. every bit of color in his body just flushed right out. Wow. And at the end of the night, we told him, hey, if you need some help after this, if you need to talk to somebody, call us. Uh, if you remember, we, we had it on film. And the thing was interesting, Tony, remember this, where he had it in his hand. And normally when you're going to throw it down, like you do a little upward motion right. and it was just straight, just down. Just well, like not only that, his, his thumb flipped up, like something yeah. just yanked it. It was like, oh, wow. well, and that, see, that same... can be pretty jarring to someone. I mean, I, I can see where that would be yeah. rather frightening to somebody to all of a sudden same, have. Same area. I've got scratches hand. on my arm too. So that well, was that's where we got the growls. Place. This was the and growls. Place. Yeah. Same spot. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But, to what Tanya said earlier about, uh, you know, we don't look for that. I usually quote you, Kalila, and I say, you find what you're looking for. And and I quote yeah, her all the time. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And, well, and, you know, we're yeah. just uh, not that interested in, in trying to go find something really dark. There's too much fun stuff and uh, spirits that want to communicate with us uh, versus trying to, to find something dark. Yeah. So. But we've all have walked into things that we had unexpected things happen. We've all walked into things not expecting there to be 
something negative present. And when I'm talking about something negative, it doesn't have to be a demon or anything like that. Um, Because I think we've all walked into places where it's just negative energy, a residual haunting that's negative energy. And I've actually gotten sick a couple of times in these places where I wasn't expecting it. I wasn't protected properly. I I didn't do the whole, you know, put the guard up and everything. I just walk in unwittingly and get kind of blindsided by this energy. And I've actually gotten physically ill. So... I mean, I think, you know, everybody's had that situation where you walk in, you walk into a paranormal investigation or a haunted location and you're expecting X, Y, Z to happen and out of the, out of nowhere, you get kind of blindsided by something. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah. have that, has that ever happened to you guys? I didn't walk into it, but after you remember the last episode we were on together, I well, mentioned right, chasing yeah. after one, not walking into it. Right. Well, yeah, you had, I, I would think that that's pretty frightening. When I heard about it, I was frightened for you, you know, because that's pretty scary. Cause Actually, there, there have been several things that have happened that. over the years that, uh, yeah, the, it wasn't going anywhere. Some of it happened here at the house, and it's usually happened before we went out to help families. Uh, Stephen was sitting beside me at one convention where somebody two years later recounted the same story that happened to them in midtown at the same period of time something very similar happened to me and when you get that kind of um validation when you thought gosh that couldn't have been real that had to just all be nightmare and then somebody tells you the same story you realize that's real now It is. And, you know, a large percentage of people that that have that kind of a situation happen where something literally attaches to them, especially in a cemetery, lots of times those things will come back. Um, I did a show recently for somebody and one person actually appeared. The other person decided not to appear because she was so terrified because whatever had attacked her came back after her 20 years later and she was terrified to talk about it because she was afraid that it might come back after her. Oh, wow. Yeah. Sometimes Gosh. they come back, you know, to use a cliche. But um, That's just terrifying. Well, it is terrifying. I mean. Yeah. It, it, yeah. Well, here's hoping no green lights suddenly appear behind me or in uh, front of me. And don't chase them if they do. And never chase them. Exactly. Yeah. Just, yeah. I We did... Um, us three did an investigation for, uh, you talk about walking into things, Kalila, that that you don't know kind of sometimes what you're walking into, especially private investigations. We were at an investigation here in Memphis and it turns out we weren't in there like looking for anything. There was just, we knew that there was some activity, actually a lot of activity and turns out, if you see an ear, my cat is trying so hard to make an appearance. So say hello, oh my gosh. It's not a haunted entity. It's my cat. Um, it, it, I've been pushing her down. I'm subduing. Go away. Okay, she's gone. <laughs> um, but we um, found out that a young kid in the house, I would say, well, not young kid. He was a teenager, was trying to sell his soul to the devil. And he was bringing in something negative. We weren't there looking for that. And they didn't know that either. In fact, we found um, other spirits in there that were very pleasant and related to the family, but this kid was just being stupid. And, um, and we had to take care of that through our very good friend that we all know, Renee, she had to come in and kind of get rid of that while we were like, Oh my gosh, like we didn't, we don't know if we even want to be here anymore. At least I didn't. Cause there was something n- nasty in there that this kid was conjuring up. 
I know Steve in the background would put the smack down on the kid. He was like, don't ever do it again. Right. <laughs> now, now smack, let, me, let me ask you this. The kid, the kid was a living person. Yeah. yeah at the he time, was, and he was trying. Yeah, that's so dangerous. Yeah, I mean, that's really dangerous. It was. Tanya and I walked into one room, and I was taking pictures as we walked into the room. Because, you know, when you're doing an investigation, you get several pictures in a row. So that way you have something to compare when you're going back to but, review the evidence. And I, I was doing that. And one of the multiple pictures, uh, that was synchronized bottled water drinking. That was good. Um, was. But <laughs> one of the pictures in all of that was just pitched dark when all the rest were clear and not long after that renee had uh texted down that there's something just that's afraid of you guys mm -hmm. that just fled out of the room you went into and that all of that kind of happened at the very same mm -hmm. time was super yeah. interesting was that the son's room kevin no that was going into that was a dining room whatever was there had had gone into the dining room to hide for a moment and it was not something we knew we were there for. I mean, we were there just to do an, uh, investigate the house, and the parents didn't even know this was going on. So there was kind of an extra added, uh, oh, by the way, perhaps we should take care of that. This. Yeah, that was dangerous stuff. Well, that's the one that I, I tell a lot of people, too. Um, sorry. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to kill my cat. I'm not really. I love cats more than anything. But she just makes it. She appearance. lives its own TV now. It's it's the whole when the camera's on, they're there. All my Zoom meetings, oh, yeah. everything. Will you move? And she's kind of fat. So she shakes the whole table. Um, that's the one that I tell people when they say what's the scariest thing happened as well as Stephen and I were in that son's room and we had actually saw that he had a satanic Bible in there, which doesn't, you know, it's in retrospect, maybe it was a collective piece, but it was that's when we took him aside and he said he'd been trying to sell his soul to the devil for like a video game points or something. That's when Steven took him at a headlock and started wow. beating him. Okay. He didn't, but wow. um, I think he wanted to, but um, I was sitting in a chair and the headboard was right next to me and Steven was directly across from me and the headboard slammed against the wall beside me. And that was, I mean, if you get scared easy that, I mean, it startled both of us and I'll never forget. Steven was like, was that you? Almost like, please tell me that was you. Right. And I was like, oh no. I mean, it, it raised up and just bam. And we have it on, you know, all yeah, the recording. Yeah. Yeah. But that was wow. in that room that he's trying to play these stupid games and um, and trying to sell his soul. And, and we took him aside. And we, you can't do that anymore. And we, we got whatever there was removed, but it, it was definitely making its presence known all over the house. And it, right. that's, yeah. it was, it was, that's, that's, mm -mm. if I would have known that was there, I don't know if I would have shown up. Yeah, that's pretty scary. And and the thing is, you know, even if he doesn't know what he's doing, you know, just the right. intent, the intent of wanting to pull up something, you know, evil or ominous, you know, it might not be the devil, it might not be even a demon, but, mm -mm. you know, even if he's kind of going through the motions, he's still opening, his intent is opening a portal, and he's letting in earthbound entities that are not... Nice. The, they're not nice. They stay right. here specifically. They can be very chaotic. They can, you know, they can be, they can attach themselves to people, as you know. Um, they can um, do full-blown possessions. They don't have to be a, a big demon, a big major demon in order to do that. And they can be very, very dangerous. In fact, uh, there are entities that, now they're not very highly evolved, but they're very, they can be very chaotic and mischievous, are entities that are created just by somebody's thought form. If you want something bad enough and you're putting that thought form out there, you can eventually, if you put enough energy into it, enough emotion into it, you can actually create an entity 
that will respond in kind to what you're expecting. Um, like I said, they won't be really highly intelligent, but it, you will you will actually manifest something for sure. And Stephen that, and I were mentioning this recently, as a matter of fact, a university uh, group did a study about that. Stephen, do you, what was the name of that uh, group or the study? The Philip, the Philip experiment in Canada. Yeah. Well, and that leads perfectly into our topic, Kalila, if you yes. kind of want to segue into that. I think Stephen's bells were ringing too on that one. He's exactly. like, well, and Stephen and, and Kevin, just, it's so funny because we haven't been all three of us. We're still not in the same room, but we haven't been all three together in a long time. And it's like we've never parted ways because we just we can read each other's minds yeah and this Kalila so we um I think we brought this up on previous shows about <laughs> Kevin about how <laughs> about how um how we kind of had this idea of can you create something out of nothing in well I wouldn't say something out of nothing but but create an entity or create some uh, a fear base or a fear tank is what we called it to attract paranormal activity. And we had a, a good friend that uh, owned a paranormal, uh, I mean, a haunted attraction in Alabama. And we wanted to see if we could investigate this, this big warehouse, big building before and after haunting season. So go in there before the actual Halloween season starts and investigate this building and then go in after and see if it brought in anything and and wow we we did get some results in it it was a lot of fun so that's kind of exactly what you were saying enough oh, fear absolutely. And absolutely yeah it was, yeah it was kind of an experiment as you said to to see if you know something that focused on on scaring people and, and that much fear if it could create a thought form and if you look at you know western esoteric traditions talk about thought forms and eastern you have tulpas and uh you know there's even in the bible where it talks about a spirit of fear you know we're not given a spirit of fear but a power and love of a sound mind but the word for spirit is the is pneuma in greek it's the same word they use for like other spirits so the, uh, it was interesting to see of all these different traditions, if each was telling the same story, that that much fear focused and concentrated in one area, if, if we could get an entity. Besides other hauntings, we were also looking for, you know, traditional spirits that may have gathered there, whatever. But could we could we find sort of a, a, a manufactured, a thought form type of fear? So, and that was scary in itself, knowing that all these traditions all over the world have the same, the same concept that it could be done. And, and could we find one? And yep. since we didn't create it, could we control it? Could we measure it? Or would we just be running from it? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, it's, it's, it's all very, very I would good. be running from it. You're right. <laughs> you know, with well. the Western esoterics. I mean, um, actually, uh, Billy Roberts and I are working on a book right now uh, about that very same thing. And, you know, I've done a lot of research recently on that. Mm -hmm. And all of the Western esoterics, all roads lead to Egypt. I mean, it all goes back to these other ancient cultures. And, right. you know, I even decided, you know, uh, I was looking up the universal laws, you know, the laws of cause and effect, the laws of attraction, the laws of this, all of these essential, you know, universal laws. It's like, okay, well, you know, I first read about them in Science of Being many, many years ago, but it's like, okay, who really came up with this? And I mean, it goes all the way back to the, the first and second AD when they're not real sure um, 
this particular individual, Hermes, somebody that I can't pronounce his last name. Hermes Trismegistus. Yeah, there you go. I I knew you would know that. But he's actually the originator of those. And all of this leads back to that. And I mean, these are universal concepts. So you're going to have them in Eastern philosophies. You're going to have them in uh, Judeo-Christian and even in early Muslim. All of them have the same concepts. And it's all about, you know, the physics of, you know, the universal laws. And yes, if you put a thought form out there, it's going to manifest somewhere mm-hmm. on the physical plane. It has yeah. to. Yeah. It's a universal law. So it's either going to manifest as some kind of an action in your life or something. I mean, you know, you know Stephen, that's the whole basis of magic. So right. if you are sitting there, especially somebody who's, you know, as you probably know too, Stephen, you know, negative emotions are much more stronger than positive emotions you know Mm -hmm. people who are hysterical people who are in fear i mean if they keep focusing and and ruminating on something eventually it will culminate as something else and i mean i've I've seen this happen in places where people think they have poltergeist and it's actually something manufactured from their fear and hysteria Well, it was Tanya's idea, I think, if I remember, that didn't we go the last day, I think, that they were open? We, we did. We were there when they were, we, oh, this is a fun story about Stephen. Uh, he tried to this sacrifice. This is a private story. No, he tried to sacrifice me to some kind of monster inside the haunted attraction, but we were able to go through <laughs> both and, uh, <laughs> and, and, and go through kind of an experience. We were going to, we were the last part of adding to this fear tank. So it'd been going on a whole month every night, screaming and giggling and fun and and terror and whatnot that are I love haunted attractions and Stephen does not. And um and so getting him in there was a chore uh, of dragging him in handcuffed into the whole night. No, he went. He was a trooper and he went um, you know, around every corner. Well, it was a jump scare. At one point I just remember being picked up in the air and and he goes, Hurt here, take her and throws me into the <laughs> mouth of a fiery dragon or something it, it looked almost like a figure skating move like yeah. one of those conferences. Yeah. i was kind of spinning and uh, you you landed well I, but uh, yeah we did want to try and put our own input in, into yeah. that was one of the things that we did and uh it, it was sure. scary yeah the, the, at the time of our life and then after they kind of cleared out everybody that night uh, they were having an after party in in the other side, and so we were able to have the whole place again to ourselves. But this time, even more so, because when we went back, when we went previously, like the month before, they were still building onto this, and they were still kind of building their rooms. And some of them were there. They're they're a very, very, very popular haunted attraction. So um, they're a really big, big facility. So when we were finished that day, it we got to see all of it and then we got to play in all of it and and with fresh fear fresh fear all over the place it was, it was a lot of fun so get your fresh fear get your fresh fear get your fresh <laughs> so what did your what did your experiment conclude uh what what do you think steven i mean we got stuff <laughs> we got stuff it, it i don't i wouldn't say disappointed but we didn't i didn't feel as though we found as strong a presence as I thought that we might. I, re- I really thought, because fear is so primal, it's so strong. I just thought that maybe we, we would be able to find more of a very specific entity. It it had a general heaviness, as I recall, and it just had this general, 
you know how clearly like it's almost like atmospheric pressure like it, you can kind of feel it you know yeah, you were talking about your yes. your hair standing up or just that that little not just Kevin, not normal i remember it being like that it, what's that kevin doesn't have hair stand up <laughs> that, here, yeah so. my mine doesn't stand up it just shoots out <laughs> okay well so this <laughs> is okay <laughs> But but yeah, the enough. air was thick as we went through after yeah, the event was sure. over. And it yeah, glided glided over your head where it tossled Tanya and I here. It just glid. Yeah, it looked like one of those airplane uh, air testing things with Kevin. But oh. we did get some activity, <laughs> and it was kind of interesting. Uh, and Kevin can tell the story because it was kind of personal in a way. Uh, but... As the day wore on, and we were there for longer and longer, and Kevin started to have a conversation. And you know how sometimes you get into just casual, like first you're in ghost hunter mode, okay? Where you, you know, you're like, could you please do this and do that? And then after like several hours, how you get you get a little bit looser. And so yeah. Kevin was getting loose. And go ahead and tell your story. Yeah, I had asked. We we went to this one room where everybody had said we feel things here. We can we can tell there's an energy and a presence and. And it and it just feels so dark and and scary in this one area. So they send me, and I go in with a K two meter, and I'm standing there, and I'm asking a bunch of questions. Um, are you here with us? How many are here with us? If you're here, and I might give me a sign, tap on this, knock on that, push that over, sc scratch somebody. I don't care anything at this point. Nothing was happening just yet. And finally, I had run through 40 minutes worth of questions, repeating many of those, and I just didn't know what else to ask. But I did know one thing. I was hungry. And so I said, I am out of questions. I'm about to go get a cheeseburger. Would you like a cheeseburger? And the K2 meter shot all the way up on all five lights. Yep. Nothing until that moment when I said, would you like a cheeseburger? I like pickle on my cheeseburger. Do you like pickle on your cheeseburger? All the way up. Wow. They even like onion on it. I think they, they wanted, wanted a coat. They wanted a cheese. Coke. They wanted fries. And we had been in that same area and just got nothing. You know, so it was really interesting when it started to happen. That it wasn't just a little blip. I mean, it pegged it all the way up those last several yeah. times. So per perhaps there is hunger in the afterlife. We don't know. Or hangry. <laughs> if it was hangry, maybe it was. It was. That's why it was being standoffish and not answering any questions. It was, it was angry. Didn't want to deal with anybody. But hey, cheeseburger. Cheese maybe burger. next time we bring all those little things on your belt, those little trainer things, where you just take it out, whip the cheeseburger out. <laughs> yes, it might work definitely. Some little Scooby Doo snacks out there. Scooby Doo exactly. snacks. Yeah. Well, we, did, we did get some other EVPs, as I recall. I, I, I couldn't remember, Tony. Do you remember we had some other answers and some words? We, we Wasn't did. there a little nursery area in the place that gave? Well, there was the doll room. room. There's always was the doll room that we don't talk yeah. about. That was scary. No, it. I, I think we got. I know we got K two action in the doll room. I know for sure, Stephen, when. So, Kalila, we kind of laid it out because we were filming um, for something there as well. So we laid it out in segments. And so each of us kind of picked an area that we did or didn't want to be in. And so, of course, I got stuck in the doll room to do an investigation by myself. And um, <laughs> and Kevin, the room he was talking about was, of course, the big cemetery scene. And Stephen was in the torture room, which was really quite... Eh, 
um, because it was in this like really weird curve pattern and there was just tables and tortured people everywhere. And I do remember um, looking back on the footage and even walking in the room when you were doing it, that there were, you were having a K2 conversation. With you, you know what? You're right. Yeah. I've forgotten about that. There was because a, that uh, is to me, that's like my big fear. And I, I don't like those sort of movies and that's very disturbing to me. So I thought I'll take that because that's going to just, work that up for me. And you're right. Yeah, we did get some K2 activity on that one. We did. And we even got, and I forget now, and Kalila, maybe we could do a follow-up episode when we get uh, um, our, it's somewhere floating out in the abyss of all of our evidence of the <laughs> how many years of investigations. But we, we did get some uh, EVPs that were saying a name and it happened. And we had uh, one of the workers that was a scare actor in the house, such a, a, a really sweet kid. And he what, loved what we did. And he was like, can I like be your intern for this whole thing? And this was pre and, and post, like the both of the investigations mm -hmm. we did. And we were asking him, he was there with us. And we said, does this name, like, does it mean anything to you? Because we played it back and he said, yeah, that's one of the workers here. And so it was actually the, we got later on, you know, the K2 said it was one of the workers there. So we were trying to get it to say other workers' names. And so we did get activity and we got zilch, if I remember, when we went the first time before it was active. Yeah, we, we got, totally got skunked on the first one, nothing. Yeah, it was fun, but we didn't get anything. So we, we went from nothing to, to activity that you sometimes don't get at other places. So we did right. get stuff, but... Steven's right. It wasn't the tap dancing ghost that we were looking for, um, <laughs> but we did, we did get, we've got some stuff in there. So that's interesting. Yeah, yeah that's interesting. And hmm. One of the other ones uh, that lingers is a different investigation. And we were all on this one and, and Tanya and you and I were in the room on this one. Um, we were, we were talking about, uh, we were recording and doing EVPs and things. And there was another group coming in and your classic line, you want to make a deal with the ghosts because yeah. we want to get more evidence. And we have this, it's, it's probably yeah. the best class A EVP. It's one of the best. Yeah. That we yeah. all got together. And is she's saying, I want to make a deal with the ghosts. Very clear class A. You could, you could hear it so clearly it says I'm still alive. Yeah. So it made us realize that we're here, you know, speaking to, to spirits. We're trying to make contact. This was early on. This is this is early on when we first got uh, got started together. But it really changed, I think, for us how we we talked about it or talked to the spirits. We were being very like third person yep. instead of like present, like we're speaking now to you, mm -hmm. you know, person to person. And it, I think it kind of changed that. So it, we decided that we, we wouldn't say that they were uh, dead or ghosts. They were differently living. <laughs> yes. well, right. Yeah. I mean, you know, the one thing that I found, you know, especially living here, um, especially, for instance, after Katrina, when so many people had tragically and untimely and unexpectedly died um, in the flood. And a lot of those people did not get buried for three years. A lot of those Gee people, whiz. they were never claimed. Nobody ever came to say, this is my loved one. A lot of these people kind of stayed in cold storage. And it was really funny because after Katrina, I started getting calls and emails from people, you know, saying, um, we're getting back into our house on, on, on Canal Street in Uptown and in Mid-City. And, you know, we're doing repairs there. And I started getting reports of people seeing like wandering 
people late at night wandering up and down a streetcar line with this, you know, blank look on their face as if wow. they're lost. I mean, literally the lost souls. And I started hearing about, you know, cab drivers, you know, saying, you know, I drive a cab. I got called out to the cemetery late one night. I went out there, person got in the car. I mean, this is the classic urban legend, you know, and, and, and the person gives an address and they get to the address and the house is either all boarded up or does it, it's gone. It's just gone. And they turn around, of course, and the person's gone. And I thought, well, you know, this is, could be, at first I wrote it off too, because it was so typical of the urban legend, you know, and I, I really wrote it off to PTSD. I really did. I said, you know, everybody, everybody here has post-traumatic stress disorder at this point. So people are getting a little unnerved over things. And I didn't really give it a lot of credence too much. And it was weird because it wasn't until much, much later. I mean, this is back in, you know, this is going on in 2006, right after, you know, months after Katrina. And it wasn't until 2017 when I started the bus tour at night and we started going to the Katrina Memorial. Now I'm from here, I've lived here my whole life and I didn't even know that was back there. This is how very low uh, publicity this was. I had no idea that in the back of this old uh, charity hospital, Potter's Field was a Katrina Memorial. And I was like, how, do, how did this happen? And nobody heard about it. Cause you didn't hear about it. You heard about it for years, you'd see the CNN showing the, 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 the video footage of the floods and everything, but you never heard about the people who were killed. And it was really strange, but it was then that I found out and only because somebody who worked for me, her grandmother was one of the people who died in the flood. And she had to come and go find where her grandmother's body was. Mm. And she told me about it. She's no, in, in, in 2000, uh, three years after Katrina, they finally did a jazz funeral for these people. And it had like a, on the monument, a list of the companies that paid for it. And they were interned in this mausoleum of sorts. And it was really weird because looking back, I thought, well, you know, it's really funny because that was about the same time frame that I stopped hearing about the ghost stories. They just stopped as abruptly as they started. They stopped. And I just, you know, I didn't give it much credence to it. And, you know, as I was doing the bus turn, it occurred to me one night, it was like, they didn't know what hit them. Wow. Right. They didn't know what hit them. And it's mm -hmm. like, okay, knowing what I know about the other side, knowing that there's various levels of existence over there, I really believe that these people really didn't know that they were dead. Mm. Until they were put to rest. They didn't know. They literally didn't know what hit them. And that's when I started really looking at things very differently and understanding a little bit more. It's not just us looking at them and they're like, you know, on a TV screen. It's like, it's a, you know, it's not a place. It's, it's a, it's a, a, a different vibratory rate. It's a, it's very parallel to our world. And every now and then we get a glimpse into theirs. They get a glimpse into ours. And um, so I think it's entirely possible that, you know, somebody was wandering around and, you know, you're talking to them and they don't realize they're dead yet. It's entirely possible wow. and very probable. That's scary in a, in a sense, <laughs> in a whole new level, Kalila. Well, yeah, well, it is. It really is. When you, when you look at the different, different levels of existence and I mean, imagine just, I mean, when I think about the people with Katrina, it was kind of like, okay, 
the hurricane was over. It was 48 hours later. The hurricane was gone. Everybody felt safe. Everybody's out walking dogs, riding bicycles, drinking coffee out in, you know, outdoor cafes. And boom, this water starts coming up so fast. People couldn't outrun it. They couldn't outswim it. And boom, just like that, everything was taken away. Wow. You know, and it's, you know, and it's like, okay, these people, and then nobody comes and claims them. Hmm. You know, that's sad. Being displaced. That, that's I mean, the part I think would be most hard heartbreaking of the whole story is knowing that your loved ones don't know where you are. They haven't come to claim you. Did they even know where to go to claim them? Right. Well, you know, when you think about, I mean, I think, I don't know about Kevin, but I know you two guys have been to New Orleans before. You know about how many, you know, homeless people we have here, you, you know, and a lot yeah. of them are out in that area. I mean, you know, let's face it. So Memphis has, Memphis has a big community of homeless people too. And, and, they pass away under bridge overpasses and, and uh, they pass away, you know, just out in the elements because homeless. And what kind of stories do, do those uh, people end up with later in the afterlife? You know, because oh, wow. where are they? Where do they roam? Where, who do they go to? Their family apparently is not available to them because they're homeless. Um, the closest to family that they have is going to be whatever charities they go to, whatever people they have there. So I could see exactly what you're saying in that, that when when you don't have anybody to return to and nobody's coming to get you or claim you and bring you back to them, where do you go? What do you do? Yeah, I think being separated from people I love that I know is probably a big, scary fear of mine. Um, and I can't imagine what it would have to be like going through that. Then the question is, you know, just high high hypothesizing if that's even the right word here what do you guys think i mean do you think that some of that might equal negative uh spiritual energy later or are they just always positive energy or are they just neutral energy where, where do you think they go after that i think it depends i think it depends on what kind of a person they were in life i mean uh some of the things that i'm uh, and i cannot re don't ask me to repeat the name of the book i just recently found out um from one of the people in my spiritual circle who is a girl from brazil and it's uh, a book that was written by a very, very old medium down in Brazil. And the area that we're talking about that when you first cross over that dark area before you go through the light, they call it umbral in Portuguese. Mm -hmm. And that word literally means threshold of a doorway. And that's yeah. what it is. It's a threshold leading through that next level. And a lot, there's a lot of theories, and this has been going around forever, uh, with psychologists and psychiatrists who believe that some people who were addicted in this life, alcoholics, drug addicts, um, child molesters, I mean, rapists, I mean, some people who were just not nice people, I mean, number one, they fear retribution if they were taught if you die and you are a bad person, you're going to go to a bad place, so they don't want to mm -hmm. go through that light. I don't think anybody's trapped. I, I, I will say that right now being a medium i don't think I, I know nobody's trapped but i think it's a self-imposed kind of situation and these people stay the theory is that these people stay on the earth plane and they continue their addictions and their earthly pleasures by attaching to a physical body mm, wow and i think that we all learned a lot from you over the years because 
we have had people all the time. But of course, we, we do conventions. We do things. The questions always come up about demons or something dark and this and that. And, and I often tell which, the same story you just told. That in life, you've got some people that are the get-off-my-lawn guy or they're you know malcontents and they're unhappy. And, and they probably carry some of those traits over to the afterlife. But that is not an evil person. That It's not an evil entity. It's not right. the not, not necessarily, not necessarily. But if yeah. you look at all the evil in the world, and where the point I was getting to, uh, I had Sylvia on the show, and she was translating some of uh, what was going on in this book. And mm -hmm. this particular medium, who I, I can't repeat his name because I don't remember his name. I think it's Franco or DeFranco, but he's he's probably in his nineties, and he writes books with spirit coming through him and channeling and writes. And he's writing about the spiritual warfare that's going on in that area of Umbral because so many people have died and not gone through the light and have stayed earthbound. And these particular, um, you know, my co-host on the Afterlife show, Billy uh, Roberts, like I said, we're writing about this. He has always referred to these spirits, calls them vagabonds of the spirit world. Mm -hmm. And what they do is they influence the thoughts and eventually the deeds of people here. Um, I, I just got finished writing a, a chapter for the book that we're working on, on, on people who kill, serial killers, who claim that they were influenced by a voice that told them to kill, and people who are like predisposed to criminal behavior mm. for yeah. whatever Interesting. reason. And yeah. these spirits stay, and this is why, look at the conditions we have on earth here. Look at, the, look at, look at some of the hate that goes on. Mm-hmm. I mean, you look at some of the horrible hate that goes on that is just, I mean, you can't even, some things I hear and I go, is that real? Did somebody really do that? Right. How can that be possible? What kind of a person does that? And these spirits, these vagabond spirits, they are literally, there's more, There's it's become overrun with them to where there's more of them than they're all ones crossing over into the light. So there's wow. actually spiritual teams on that end who go and try to work with these spirits. Um, one of the things Sylvia talked about was the, um, the Umbanda religion, where it's actually mediums in this religion who will find these things attached to people during readings, and they start trying to work with the spirit and going, what do you want? Why are you attached to this person? What do you need? You know, but pretty much like what Renee does, okay? Mm -hmm. And But you have spirits that are also working on our behalf there trying to pull them through and get them to evolve because there's we, just so many of them. We recently had an investigation, but uh, Kevin is the only one uh, among us that was actually there. I could not go that night, Tanya, you were not there, but the one that you had taken some of the people to where uh, we had a, a gentleman call that said that there was a spirit and it was someone he knew that had passed and uh, his mother was living in the house and it was actually more than that one spirit. There was like a parasitic one. So you may want to tell some of that story, but that, because I, I, I'm not putting words in your mouth, but that was probably the most scary one from what you all said, that that was the most. I, I will say that of, of things that have happened, not at home, but out, um, that probably was one of the scariest uh, cases because I even came home, uh, made my pallet on the couch with my dog and both cats and left the light on all oh, night long. Wow, yeah, it, it got me that bad. Um, wow. But basically this, uh, the, his, his girlfriend had passed away. She came back, but she brought 
others with her. They or slip. They rather they slipped through with her when she came back to his house, and they were. Well, just to put it in their words, uh, through one of the uh, pieces of equipment that we use, when we asked, why are you here? Uh, one of the voices said, feed. It was feeding. And it was feeding on mother. And while we were there, we saw it happen. Uh, she literally at first was talking and participating in conversation. And then just as it went on and they said, are you OK? She goes, hmm. No, she wasn't okay because it started feeding on her then. Um, part of it that happened to me is in that whole experience, I actually was going in and saying, who are you? I demand you tell us who you are. We heard the girlfriend's voice. We heard her actually say help at one point. And oh, wow. through the spirit box, voice box, whatever you prefer to call it, we kept hearing this other voice say, shh, hush, shh, quiet. And then I sat with the homeowner and gave him a list of empowering, empowering things to say to her. So she would no longer have this whatever else holding her down. But the energy was so strong that even I was able to sense where it was in the house. And at one point, because I was demanding that it tell us who it was, the thing that you see in movies where they assert their power and the and the house goes boom, that happened. And also oh, wow. because I kept demanding that it tells us why it's there and demanding that it leaves, I felt a grip in my mouth, a grip on, on my tongue, like trying to shut me up. And I had to leave the house for a second. But as I want to do, my friends were in there. My team was in there. The family needed us. I went back into the fray heck with whatever else was there but that was a very scary time yeah, and the recording it was done through the portal on that one um it, it they are the strangest like evps i've ever heard with that shh and the hush and the sound and and, and just the ferocity of the voice not necessarily yelling but just mean-spirited it, mean. it, it was just like wow you know so so it's it's it is scary it's very very scary because i mean they do attach and mm -hmm. and when they do they're hard to get rid of um man i think it was like feeding off the the mother's energy it well, was well they do feed off of, they yeah. all feed off of our energy i mean you, we've all had situations i mean that's how the meters work they they can they move energy around they pull energy from over here this is why to share one more spots. part of that not only was it feeding off of mother's energy mother also has a bit of a psychic ability they found out while they were there talking with her. Um, I wasn't a part of that particular conversation, but they said that, yes, she is a bit of a psychic and they felt that was why it, it was drawn to her to feed off oh, of her yeah, also possibly. She might have because she's open, open to it. Yeah. She might have yes. been an open channel, but yeah, I mean, they definitely feed off of the energy um, of us and of things around us. This is why you feel cold spots. You know, the, the cold spot is not the spirit. The cold spot is the area where the spirit has pulled the heat from. And that's, it's the lack of heat. Um, I've sat in on physical uh, seances. We used to do the table tipping. Um, you know, we've done those in, in, in Memphis. And lots of times you'd have heat on one side of the table and it'd be ice cold on the other side. 
and you know there's that transfer of energy going on right and mm -hmm. and that is what they're doing that's how they get energized is they they're, is it, they're feeding yeah when we find a cold spot we're always like well where, where where's the hot spot where's it what's exactly. happening exactly wherever the cold spot is somewhere else. they're put they're pulling that energy from there and and who knows where it's going but yeah it's really i find that frightening i mean that's you know, well, well Kevin's pretty fearless. We you know we joke a lot and things like that, but for him to have to like go out and take a break and you know, yeah, I've never a, seen him do that. Yeah, see, Not I wouldn't I go in a remember. place like I really wouldn't. I would at that point in time, I would have been like, okay, we're done. Peace. You, need, you know, you need to come. And I almost really, did, you know, but my I, I almost I did. The really, team was there. I couldn't abandon. Well, no, no, no. I don't mean abandon the team. I mean abandon the project and bring in somebody who's qualified. I mean, I'm. You know, I, I was brought up Catholic, so I'm Catholic. So for me, I'm always like, okay, you know what? You need to get, you need to call the Catholic Church. You need to get somebody who does exorcisms and get them in here to handle this because it's not it's not something I want to tangle with. Because I'm aware of what it will do to someone who is a psychic or a medium and how they'll attach. I don't want to bring that into my house. Mm. Yeah, no Ooh. way. No, 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 no way. I, I don't, I don't fool with that. Somebody said one time, are you afraid? And I said, it's not a matter of being afraid. I'm just very well aware of what it is and what it can do. And I'm not willing to spend the next six to eight months trying to get rid of it in my life. I don't really, I don't want to have to do that. Right. And I think for all of us, that was always the trick question. When people said, what was the scariest? We're all like, well, you know, we're out investigating. We're kind of out there on purpose looking for stuff that it's different to be startled or to be in a situation like you said Cleo it's maybe more than you can handle and they need to call someone of their faith path or whatever but I don't think we ever felt like scared scared because we were purposefully there looking for activity you know we get startled but I right. it's almost an unfair question yeah. for sure yeah it's it's always you know you know scared is 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 in the eye of the beholder let's face it mm-hmm I mean, mm -hmm. what's scary for you, but what I find about that sort of thing, you know, I think it's more disturbing. And I, you know, I always yes. use that on the tours, you know, they say, well, like, will I be scared? And I say, probably not, but you'll be disturbed. Mm -hmm. I say, well, what's the difference? Well, you're scared for like, what, a, a split second, maybe 20 seconds. You can be disturbed for a very long time because you've always got that what if at the back of your mind. Like, I mean, if I was Kevin, I would be like, what if that thing attached to me? What if it comes back? They had some folks Kevin's there. Looking at me like, yeah, like, they, they were protected, I think. That we yeah, we, send them in we, there. we we were well protected. There was there was enough around us going on, and yeah, well, you, you got to be careful. Yeah, I, definitely. I, I, I think at this yeah. point that I've experienced enough of different things that one more is going to be kind of <laughs> par for the course anymore. Uh, but yeah, that night was scary. Well, do you uh, do you know what happened? Well, you know, in, in you know, we're down to five minutes left. What happened with the lady? I mean, did they get the, the thing out of her house? I mean, you left it there. Yeah. Um. <laughs> what? I don't know that I can tell all of that just yet. Um. Okay. I don't know that we can. Uh, I don't think we've concluded that case completely closed. Okay. Uh, for that yeah. portion yeah. of it, but I do know that when we left there that night, that the sense that I felt in the house was a whole lot more lighter than when we first got there. Well, that's um, when we first walked in, the air was completely thick. When we left out, I was comfortable. My hair wasn't on in. I wasn't feeling that paranoid eh, feeling. I felt comfortable as if I could just hang out there and visit with mom and her son and okay. talk to his deceased girlfriend. It made, it made a 
a difference. It definitely made a difference. It did. And I can tell you as a follow-up, they, they've called since. And they're, they still have activity, but they don't feel as, as scared. So because, okay. so I think what happened, as you said, Kevin, I think, you know, girlfriend comes around, but probably without the, 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 the vagabond spirits. Right. So. Well, they do piggyback. I mean, we know this in mediumship. I mean, even when loved ones come through, others will come with them, you know. So, you know, they do piggyback with one another, you know. Um, so that's entirely I just got this visual of, like, ghost piggybacking, like one ghost being like, hey, I'm going to see my boyfriend. Want to come? Like a true piggyback, that would be hilarious. Like, that's, <laughs> like I'm coming with you. <laughs> no, you're too heavy. You're staying behind. No, they don't weigh right. anything. They're just <laughs> they don't weigh anything. <laughs> right. What harm can it do? So, so what does the future hold for for this crew here? I mean, are you guys still looking to do investigations together? Y'all kind of went your separate. I mean, where, where do we stand with this? And how do people get in touch with you if you want to be gotten in touch with? I mean, Stephen, uh, you, you have a haunted attraction in Memphis. You want to tell us? Yeah, I mean, they can contact us, us in Memphis at historicalhauntsmemphis.com on the Internet. So historicalhauntsmemphis.com. And then uh, that will get in touch with our group. We do do ghost tours. Uh, similar to when we all started, people would say, can we go? So we finally figured a way to do that. <laughs> Um, but we also have a separate investigation team. So the two teams are separate. We have the tour team, and they do get to come along on some of the fun ones, but not the one Kevin described. Uh, and then we have our investigation team uh, that, that goes out separately. So if people have a, an issue or a concern, they can call us, and we come out and uh, investigate and give them a DVD of evidence. We've done a lot of restaurants and some private homes, and we've got a few other things lined up. Um, but it's been good because, you know, people, they want to know, they just, they, they just do. want to know that it's okay. They don't always want to get rid of them. They just want to know they just want what to they're just experiencing want to is real yeah. safe, you know. All right, guys, yeah. well, we're running just about out of time. So I want to thank you for coming out. Thank you so much. Thanks for, for having us. Thank, thank you. you. You guys are great. I miss you guys. Thanks, Kalila. I miss I you. I, mean, I miss the old days where we used to go and get together in Memphis, get together. <laughs> we shall do it again. Yes, we, we shall. Ready. Let's now. Let's go eat right now. <laughs> yes. Hang out. Thank Ghost. you guys so much. And thank you at home for checking in with us again and hanging out with us and listening to the scary stories. And I hope you will join us again for another episode of Scary Stories with Kalila. But for now, we bid you all good night. Good night. <laughs>